Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Explicit Measures Podcast with Tommy, Seth, and Mike. Here we are, rounding out the end of the year. Welcome, everyone. Here we go. It is happy end of 2021. Wait, 21. Oh, boy. Running twice. Oh, easy there. Trying to erase an entire year from my memory already. Goodness gracious, Tommy. We're on episode 192. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We, we are on episode 70, so uh, this is a kind of a big moment for us. I mean, as we look back on the year, we kind of decided partly into this year, like, a podcast should be a thing. And I didn't know initially how long this thing was going to last, if it was going to be a couple episodes and, you know, this doesn't fit very well or actually going to go, you know, do well or keep moving forward. So, yeah, 70, I think, is a pretty good number. Such confidence, Mike. Such confidence <laughs> instilling in our listeners. However, I think the, the the shift in that mentality, Mike, has probably been we're just getting started, right? Right. I hope so. We're in it for the yeah, long we'll haul. We haven't said anything yet that has sent us to cancel culture yet, so we'll see yeah, what right? happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't said it yet. We haven't said it yet. <laughs> Keep it middle of the road, gents. Right. <laughs> with a name guy. like explicit. Yeah, with the explicit measure. Yeah. <laughs> this is the most you we probably got this folks is... coming in for the explicit part and just being like, This is the most tame stuff ever. These guys aren't even fighting. <laughs> 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 to which we would reply, go to the next episode, you'll probably yeah. find it. Well, yeah, maybe. Awesome. Tommy, you were doing some numbers here the, over the last couple of days, I guess, with some, some time off here. You want to give us some stats here at the end of the year? Yeah, so this is, I mean, like I said, we put in 65 hours minimum because every episode, we initially, when we started, we were like, let's do 30-minute podcasts twice a week, and it's always at least an hour now because we can't. We, we <laughs> clearly realized that was a, a, a mistake right from the beginning. Yeah. 30 minutes is not nearly long yeah. enough for to make fun of each other. What and what we realize, and we would like to tell the audience too, if you're bored, ha- like twenty minutes in listening to it, just go to like thir- minute thirty two of any episode, and that's when it gets good. I, so I'd agree. Yeah, I, think, like, I think the conversation really thickens up around you know yeah. that 25, 30 minute mark is where we well, once that starts slow. Yeah, yeah. So, but and I think to your point, like how is what are people going to say to this? We've it's amazing how many people have been listening. If you actually do the math on how many people watch on YouTube and then the actual podcast itself, just putting some numbers in with 65 hours of content, we've basically wasted a collective of four years of people's time. Boom. Listening. That's to and that's us. And that's ramble. not just four years of like eight to five. That's four years of no, like, no sleep. No sleep. That's like that's true con- bench. Continuous nonstop. So the numbers astound me when you start saying stuff like that. Even even looking at YouTube metrics or things about that, how many hours of content has been consumed. We have a small channel. We're not as big as some of these other channels. I can't imagine the number of hours that people have consumed content on these platforms. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely astounding to me. So here's to four years of people listening to us blabber. Yeah. <laughs> we thank you for your time. <laughs> Hopefully we're striking the right balance. So our, our whole intent here is to have these candid conversations about our experiences with Power BI. Uh, it's also around just having fun. Like we, we want to have candid, interesting conversations. And so part of this is entertainment. The other half of this is something hopefully informative, helping give you some yeah. uh, some other areas of Power BI to think about or to, to mull over. So anyways. And that's the feedback we get from you guys is, it's fun. It's it's not just informative, but it, it makes me think in a different way, and it's entertaining. Like we have people binging it, and it's like, yeah, that's amazing. What are you, so, what are you doing? Yeah, too yeah much right. Time. <laughs> yeah, which I say, go on Netflix for that. 
Awesome. So this uh, this episode's topic uh, is going to be kind of around taking a reflection on what we did in 2021 and looking forward to 2022 and kind of putting together some what would be our new re New Year's resolutions. You know, what are the things we're going to do for the first month of the year and then stop doing after that for the rest of the year? So, uh, <laughs> is that how your resolutions go, Mike? <laughs> they kind of ebb and flow. Is there a they, cycle or a pattern there? Well, that's what most people do, right? The gyms are the most packed in every part of the year at this, you know, January, yep. the gyms are always packed. And then by February, March, uh, they're not so packed anymore. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> let's be, let's just, start maybe I'm just being a, being a realist, right? Just be real, right? Make well, easy I, goals. I, well, then let's, let's have a little more fun with this. Let's, I'm sure we have multiple resolutions, but I think there needs to be at least two that we're going to hold each other accountable for for the year. Ooh. So I will be my brother's keeper, so to speak. You're, you're, that you, we got. you're already making an assumption, Tommy, that I have more than two. <laughs> well, then this is going to be pretty short. Episode. <laughs> Highly unlikely. Highly unlikely. Yeah. There's lots of little things that are rolling around in my head all the time. Things I want to improve, things I want to do. It's a matter right now. Uh, I, again, I don't know how everyone else's career or perspective on life changes, but for me, a lot of this has been time. Right, time becomes very valuable to you as you go through your career, as you do lots of things, as you work on different things. It's it's a balancing act. I just re uh, just listened to a YouTube video. I don't know if you guys watch. Well, I watch probably too much YouTube as it is, uh, giving them my fair share of hours. But on YouTube, Rob Dietrich, I think is his name. He was the skateboarder who turned kind of like venture capitalist recently. I don't know if you, have you, <laughs> That's sorry, you don't hear. have you heard about this guy? Nope. So I watched, nope. an, I watched a, someone was interviewing him. It was like an article they interviewed him with. Rob was a skateboarder. He did the fantasy factory and has made um, some MD, MVT, MVT, MTV shows. And from that, he has really talked about how he is monitoring every single minute, hour time of everything he does. I thought this really resonated with me. He was being very like intentional about um, he tracks all his time at the very beginning of the year. He makes up like goals that says, hey, I'm going to spend, you know, 30 percent of my time with my family, 30 percent of my time working, 10 percent of my time working out and another whatever, 20 percent of time sleeping. So he's every 24 hours for every day. He's optimized every single piece of that. So it was just it was a very fascinating uh, kind of documentary interview with him. He seems like a very interesting person uh, based on the interview. So I thought it was very interesting. And as a kid, I remember watching, I don't know if you guys, did you guys ever watch Robin Big? Oh my nope, gosh. Nope. Man, double, double whammy <laughs> on here. The island, man. Keep, keep, keep teaching. Keep yeah. Teaching. I Anyways, I, like I, I just, I just thought it was very interesting. I just, I liked his intentionality of his time. I liked his intentionality of, we only have a limited amount of this. And I think this is the reason why, and our, personally as our family, right? We, we sit down every year and we make goals for the year as a family. Some, you know, personal, spiritual ones, financial goals. And I think it's important to write those down. So I guess this is going to be our public writing down of our Power BI goals. What do we want to do there? I do like that thought, though. We've talked about schedule being, you know, schedule it, you know, give yourself time to learn. Yeah. Um, and oh, things like totally that. agree and with at, that. At, at, and at first glance, it kind of, I think the knee-jerk reaction when you hear, you know, a, a guy is down to the minute planning his day, like, oh man, like that, that's a bit excessive. But at the same time, like, is it, or is it just a, an actual representation of managing your time the best way you, you can? Because right. ultimately that just becomes habit, 
right? Like yep. you're creating a habit that no matter what you just adhere to. And if you're going to push and pull, you probably can, right? Within that, that framework, but you've set yes. yourself up more for success, I think, than leaving it on a higher level sometimes, you know? And I think that this goes into a lot of things that we've talked about, probably resolutions too, where we're all like our biggest strength is our biggest weakness where we can all go into different rabbit holes. And a lot of times there's probably a threshold or, you know, a cutoff point when it doesn't become productive. I could probably get a lot of these tackled, a lot of things I wrote down or things that I want to do next year. If I dedicate the different time, say I don't need to spend seven hours on this one project because I can break it up into two days. And I just, you know, dedicate two hours to building, uh, you know, something that I've wanted to work on, but only the two hours. It's probably a good idea, but I think it's creating that structure and you're, it's a, that is a habit change in your life. I would agree. And, and, and the, the interesting, so I, the reason I'm making this whole Rob thing, uh, which, in, which is interesting to me, he was reading a book that kind of changed his perspective and, and Seth being the avid reader that he is, I'll throw out the book out there. I may or may not read it. It may have to be a goal for me in order for me to actually read it. Uh, I'm just not a, I'm not a big, I'm not good at finishing things. Let's say that I'll get into books and I'm like, oh, okay, I kind of get the gist. It was a good book. I'm done. Uh, as opposed Prologue. to actually finishing. Yeah. Love, you, love the book. Love the book. <laughs> I start repeating yourself in the book. I'm done. I'm out. Uh, but I believe the book's name was start at the end. And so it basically mm. is think about where you want to land and then work backward from there. And then once you, you know, that that's how you think about the end goal that you want. What do you, what do you want the proportion of family work and fun time to look like? And then from there you can make your goals based on that. And then you allocate appropriate amounts of time. And do so you remember the, oh, the author, were, well, do you remember the author? Oh, I'm going to have to Google that one. I do not remember what the author. I just remember the, I wrote down the book title. Okay. Uh, let's see, cool. let's see if I can go find the book title here. Mm. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, it looked it looked interesting um on how they yeah, start at the end, it's off of Amazon. Dave Lavinsky looks like it. There's actually another one, another one, Matt Wallhart. So I'm not sure which one it is. <laughs> okay. Crap. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently that's a that's a popular book name. So anyways. So it it seemed interesting. I'll have to go figure out what Rob was uh referring to and then uh I'll share that link or something like that on the podcast later on. Awesome. Sweet. Well, I am excited to hear your guys's resolutions. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're not going to be impressive. At least mine won't. <laughs> that's how that's how we started the last episode. I know that's literally like I, I started poo pooing my ideas, and all of a sudden it, it, it turned, turned into something good. Okay. The same thing with the, the Christmas. The presents. So we'll Mike, see. you are that guy going. I I really didn't get you anything that nice. I got you two tickets to Disney. Yeah, exactly. Oh oh, already it's, been not there, much, it. it's not it's much. It's not much. Just a mouse, but... you know. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> so, Tommy, Tommy, let's let's kick this off. Why don't Why don't you start? What is What is the first resolution? Do we Do we want to go round robin here? Let's do round robin. Okay. So, and I I did not rank mine. So I I think that's a yeah, little too difficult. Five but or yeah, so two. or yeah, some of these I may group together, but these are I started with fives. I'm like, well, there may be a few more. So. I want to ensure Whoa. all my reports have and every anything that's published in the in my uh, workspaces has the exact same layout and properties that when we've talked about data labeling, when we've talked about uh, style properties, there's times that you may modify one, but then you have to, you know, don't go back. I want to make sure all of that is completely clean 
and I'm going to ensure that every single title is mainly. Well, uh, <laughs> actually, I think it was a Donald who wrote something where if everything's titled, it actually can look worse because it, it, from a layout uh, point of view. I, so, no, no, I agree. I'm these, just saying. Yeah, but I'm going to make sure that every title has a like a uh, a clear message. Oh, and, okay, uh, gotcha. Yeah, so but I'm going to go through all my alignments and all the properties mm -hmm. to make sure that it all um matches the visuals that are related to that so it's a hefty task depending on how many reports you get out there quite a bit what are, what are we looking at 100 uh mine yeah probably 100 150 Whoa. So. have hey, fun with that it'd be nice There's if you had your... a tool that could automate that mm. <laughs> yeah that was my christmas gift think, so. <laughs> that was your christmas gift <laughs> yeah too bad it's not real <laughs> you could actually I, just I, go through and do that Mike's uh, resolution. Power BI tips will build an auto alignment. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, okay. Let's go back. Let's go back here to a bit. You know, your comment earlier was you'd like to tr you like to try to control things with themes, mm -hmm. right? So if you adjust those properties in a theme yeah. file, you can open up those hundred reports, apply the new theme with the new centered. I mean, so there's yeah. two parts to this, right? One part of this is just getting the formatting correct. And that would be the theme file could do that. The other hand is your your other resolution is around making sure the name is descriptive enough of what the chart is doing. Right. That part cannot be automated. You actually have to go no. through each chart and kind of do that one. This is this is also one of these... I'm going to throw this one. This is a, a kind of a good talking point, for maybe for Seth and I kind of... We've, we've, we've maybe debated this before. There comes a point where you just say, ah, I'm changing my standard, and you just make the change, and moving forward, it becomes part of your checklist for all reports that you touch. Like yeah. of those hundred reports you have to do, there's a lot of tech debt to go back through and like clean them all, right? For sure, moving forward, you do that. Like, yeah. like no problem. Like any new reports, you're going to check it out. And I would also say on your revisions to older reports, potentially you go back through and say, okay, I'm going to update like one of my checklist things on revising reports would be to update those titles so they make sense. Right. So that would, that might be like what you start with. And that way you don't have yeah. to touch, you don't, you're not overwhelmed with the, oh, now I'm going to spend two weeks at the beginning of the year. Right. Well, I'm going to start top down with our most used report. That's another good approach. That's another, I like that. That's another good approach. Yeah. I'm not going to start with something that gets five views a month. Oh, totally. Yeah. 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 That, and that, that's, I like good that. that you have that priority list. Yeah. Right? Because then you can probably bucket the, this task into others that as you start getting down into like, it was only viewed one time in the last six months. Do you really need that out there anymore? Oh, I, I just think you can yep, that's review, the, like to Mike's point where you start yeah. removing stuff that's no yeah. longer necessary. I like that one. Or a lot of the times, like, you know, we build reports and then another report has sort of the same information or a better version of that. And that's what, what would deprecate, you know, one of your older reports, mm -hmm. but going through that, yeah. that's a, it's a good one. I'm, I'm trying to write down this note here. So um, it, it's it's not only the formatting of the uh, the title, Tommy, you're also talking about like the content of the title. Yeah, so the, like anything that's related on those properties to make sure that it is, you know, it, it's from a consumer point of view, it's it's consumer friendly. I have, so. another, I have, sorry, this is an ancillary question. I'm thinking about this now. As you look at your reports, Tommy, the ones that you have, do you have any holistic reporting like daily that tells you which reports are used how often oh yeah so the 
maybe that's a resolution too but right now <laughs> well, no, that, actually, I, I have i, yeah. I do weekly but i it's manual because i'm pulling powershell and then i okay. basically it pulls the csv then i refresh okay. uh, the report so i do weekly yep. but i would love for this just a, a powershell that pushes every day and then i got that refresh so okay i i like that one so that's yeah, yeah. go through the most most used reports you know, right. net new reports, get the new thing, and then review. Exactly. Like exactly. It. Yep, it's good. Seth, let's kick it over to you. What's one of your uh, one of your resolutions? A, a lot of mine are going to be admin team kind of related because that's where I spend the vast majority of my time. Sure. Um. So the first one is to uh, adjust the re the Power BI report build process. You know, <clears> like <throat> this last year, I, I created a pretty comprehensive, um guide for the team and all the touch points for new reports but don't really have anything out there for you know updates like mm. and, and it depends on the oh, update yeah. that you have to do certain things but mm. especially as you get into uh, a lot of where we play which is embedded reporting for customers yeah. or you know things like that where there's a lot more touch pieces there's a lot more communication that has to go you know around across teams and in order to ensure that you're putting out the best product and this is still specific, you know related to any internal reporting as well it's just you probably have left have less touch points um but if you want you know to to mike your point start at the end what is the product that you want to create yeah, and totally. then what is what are all the steps you need to make um it, or have in place if many people are doing the same type of thing and you want the same end product right yeah. and that's that's where having a a simplified just directional process right not like the i'm going to control every minute of your day give that give people right. flexibility to create solutions you know and do things in their own way but at the end of the day we should have the same product right yes and um so while i had a, a very like i said a very comprehensive one i think i need to go revisit that and and just simplify that for the team to ensure that you know here's my checklist. Every single time I do something, I don't have to think about it. Seth already built this, you know, here, bam, 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 bam. Okay. Yep. I'm done. Right. Yeah. That, that <clears throat> is a, I think a great point because this is the same, it's pretty much the same reason why my wife and I every spring completely revamp the garage and reorganize it because sure. it's, it's, you, it's one thing to have that process to create a new report, but what always happens both in probably our reports and our own normal process is, there's a lot more ad hoc things that happen and then that's where decluttering happens and then that's where things don't follow the the right path oh i'm and totally crazy on that complications one happen so having a process like if we do need to make a minor or major change yeah you know what should we follow so we're still following the right you know uh standards and also we're keeping the communication out there so i'm, I'm gonna liken this to my office you guys see my cluttered wall behind me uh, but, if, but what you don't see is there's actually a whole bunch of other clutter around the room. And so it turns into this. Well, I mean, seriously, right? Um, yeah. I'm a big proponent. I'm a, I come from the engineering world. I don't remember the acronym of what it is, but I do remember it's 5S. 5S, uh, the 5S process in engineering. Again, someone's going to, someone on the internet, you can go ahead and find it and throw it in the chat there for me. Uh, after they buy the wrong book. <laughs> after they buy the wrong book for me. Uh, but 5S is really around uh, everything in its place is really what it boils down to. And so everything has a spot. And there are certain things that I have to do. I have a very limited brain. I am very bad at putting things back where they belong. And so what tends to happen is I do things, I work with something, and then I just put it down. 
and then I forget where I put it. So I've had to instill things like, for me, because I would lose my keys all the time, I actually have to instill like a, a key chain hook that's by the door. And so when I come in, part of my process is now I put the keys right on the hook and that's where the keys go. If the keys are not there, they're lost. Literally, that's yeah. that's how bad it is for me. So I've, I've trying to mitigate decision points, but I feel like my report builds sometimes do the same thing, right? Everything's nice and clean and tidy. Things are going well. Life gets busy. It's crunch time. And I start to start yeah. building stuff and I just start putting things places. And I like now like going through some of my older reports, I'm like, wow, why does this report have like three hidden tabs? What's on those? Oh, this is just me testing a bunch of things that were junk and not right. supposed to be there. So like, it's okay. I've hidden them so they don't publish into the report, but like, did those tabs really need to be there? And is it adding confusion when for the next person who shows up to look at my reports and be like, oh, what is all this stuff? So well, I, I'm yeah, trying yeah. to do a better job of that as well. And even the design, like I, I look at some of my reports, I might build some random part of the year and I go, I basically go, how did I let this happen? And mm -hmm. it's because that same thing, like yep. so most time you're following the process and then there's that one week or two weeks we need to change something. Yes. Yeah. All the time. All the time. And I think that would that would be one of the so that's probably leads well into one of my goals. If you're good to transition, I don't want to, I don't want to cut off that conversation. No, that I, was too I, I thought, I thought you were already talking about your yeah. goal. Well, <laughs> in, in an effort to get through five, I think we're going to have to. <laughs> I don't have five. That's for sure. Uh, so, so one of the ones I think is important for me is to, a lot of times what I'll do in reports is I will just make a report and I'll just drop out tabs and I'll have like page one, page two, page three. It just kind of makes tabs and names them by page. I think it's important um, to just kind of be a little bit more descriptive in some of the tab names of what you're building. So for me, um, trying, I, I'm trying to be a bit more diligent around naming the tabs appropriate. So if it's the overview page, overviewed, you know, if it's a sales page, sales page, be descriptive about the tabs, because even when I'm doing testing of reports, I'm also having like other like extra tabs in there that people don't know what they're for. So if it's testing, if I'm just testing something on a page, literally make the page and name it testing so that way yeah. i know later on to either hide it or delete it because it's mm -hmm. it's purely a test page i do that a lot i do a lot of just building mm -hmm. test stuff to make sure that the data is right the visuals working the way i want or whatever um and i'm doing more of that so i'll i would say i'm gonna do more diligence on that and in addition to that i've been somewhat good with this this year but i would like to be better at it i'm really big about promoting the model and thin reports perspective i think that's any organization that is doing if you're developing a report for yourself a report and data model together probably fine if it's just you building it yourself as soon as you introduce larger amounts of data and i feel like as soon as you induce introduce another person into the process of building the models and or reports it's way more helpful to think about one power bi file as just the model file and then because of that, I want to do a better job of naming that one page. Hey, this is a model file. This is a model only page intentionally left blank is what I use on that page. And then if there's any kind of increment or refresh, or I don't want you to publish this PBAX file to the service, I actually put in there, do not publish this file to the service. This is using incremental refresh and will accidentally blow away all your data. So, um, Sounds or, or, familiar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ex personal experience on that one. We've had people you know, lob hours of loading of data uh, away or to delete it because things weren't being backed up. The model wasn't yeah, there being published. Yeah, there's there's nothing like a junior Power BI resource clicking publish 
on a on a massive model. It's still simple to do. I feel it like just, I feel like there's kind of takes down reporting for the day. Yep. I I feel like uh, that's I, never happened. Yeah. I, I feel like there needs to be a bit more controls in the service to to block against that. Like when I've heard, and again, I have I'm doing more experimentation around with tabular editor. In talking with Gilbert out of uh, uh, I think it's Australia, um, but. Once you publish the model to the service, you can basically do everything you want to edit, change, modify that model using tabular editor or external tools. So you, once you've published the model, that, that could be it. You don't need to do anything else to the model. All of your other changes can be made with other stuff. That's a really good point. And I think with third-party tools aside, right? Like I would love to see an admin setting. And this, this is one of those egg on the face kind of things if it actually exists. But like... If if I label something, hmm, this is a challenge. Because if you set a workspace to large model, can't you? Like the, yeah. everything yep. in there gets yep. a large model. Like the yeah. problem, well, maybe it's a good thing, bad thing. Like on, if I'm saying something's a large model, like give me give me a control on the data set to say I I'm not I'm not accepting PBIX publishes, right? Or mm -hmm. or in order for a publish to occur, uh, an approval needs to happen. Yeah, do a power automator, right? right? Because what, what we're talking about are like not uncommon scenarios here. Nope. This happens all the time. You have massive models that take two, three, four, five hours to refresh if yep. you're going to do the whole thing, yep. or will just flat out blow up because and not load you, at all. You, you can't well, you can't ingest all the data, and they have to be the deployed back end in incremental over. steps. Yes, right. And then partitions refreshed. You're like this is what happened. Like you're talking about, and there yep. should be no way. A junior resource should get themselves in that kind of trouble just by opening the PBX box. Well, maybe you have a dedicated workspace too that is only for I mean, these kind of data sets, and they can't publish to that workspace. But uh, like we say, junior. But dude, yeah, anybody can make this mistake. Right? Yeah, I know. Which I is know. why you in can the make PBX that file, two in the morning. Like what Mike's describing is exactly what we did and implemented in big, bold red. Like you will take down the model if you publish. This, yeah, right? it's important like, to do that. Yeah. Okay, so there, here's one thing that you can do. You can do, there is a setting in admin. This is not, I think, exactly what you're describing, but I think it's similar to it. It says block republish and disable package refresh. Uh, I believe it It sounds around like disable the package refresh and only allow the data set owner to publish updates. So what I think you can do with this is if you do, if you turn that setting on, the person who's, you know, you had to go into the take over that report. Mm -hmm. Again, I don't know if this works with like um, service. This is in the tenant settings. This is, is, the, this is API. This is in the admin settings of PowerBI.com. So you can go turn that on, which means only the author or the owner of that data set could then publish it. So you have at least now one gatekeeper. Anyone else publishing couldn't do it. So that's one thing. Um, I think when you get into larger models and you're actually looking to control a, more of a metered way of controlling this, you could use this um, to to kind of lock down a little I bit. Hate that setting. I, I mean, it should be an admin group. It should be a group of people that correct. have the the ability to do this kind of stuff. Yes. not an owner of a data set. Like the fact yeah. that it's still ownerfied. Agreed. Just yeah, and it, and apply. You can't you can't like stick it to like like an admin group. You can't put like an admin like you, there's not like a AD group you can yeah. stick it to. So there there's some limitations of there. Um, I've also seen some people talking about. I mean, people are doing it. Tabular editor two, I think, allows for this. But oh. you can take the Power BI model, take the BIM, and you can publish it through DevOps. So you can actually force a DevOps type process where you yeah. could actually take the model, 
we're, decompress we're actually, it. We're probably going to implement that. And then push it out through DevOps. And so like yep. only changes to the models well, going then, through DevOps goes into like, and then you've got the metered thing. Then, right. Well, then, then you have a, yes, the metered thing and you take away permissions to production. Correct. Yeah. And that's yeah. what you, you do need that, yeah. right? We sh Mm -hmm. In certain industries, you can't even have access to production. You just can't even right. touch it. Yeah. So I think yep. I think that makes a lot of sense. And again, this is where I think Microsoft actually has been investing a lot of time. And, and kudos to Microsoft for like putting a lot of effort around this. Because I think Power BI has gotten to the point where it's gotten popular enough that enterprises are like, hey, we need more controls. Yes, this is a very low-code, no-code solution. But we need better deployment methods than what you have now. We need better help. And us, this is why I'll put in a pitch in there. Deployment pipelines are getting much better. I really like what they're doing with it, so it's pretty slick. So that that's that could be part of that process. All right, gents, we're thirty minutes in, and we've total one. This resolution. is this means Tommy <laughs> has a paragraph in front of him of stuff that he wants to go through. But I, I mean, Tommy, if you got if you got ten or you know your twenty resolutions, by all means, I'm trying to stall here as long as I can, so I don't have because I don't have nearly as many goals as let's Tommy do three. does. Let's do three. If we all get right. through three, that's that's go a goal. Ahead. That is a way right. to you, Tommy. So, back to you. A, What's your second resolution? In, in an effort to <laughs> make sure we stay true to the title name, resolutions. Okay. Okay. More than, um, so, well, we've already done three, so we're good. Right. Sure. Okay. Yes. <laughs> good. Well, yeah. I hope never. See you guys in 2022. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, Half hour. Yes. Yeah, All right. Exactly. We're back. To, back to the beginning. Um, <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, one that I think we we've talked about before, but I want to spend less time in rabbit holes unneedlessly. So. I not gonna have just it's gone on. Gonna call right now, Tommy. Like I'm gonna start going to the gym too. <laughs> well, it's the same thing. You'll be do, you'll do fine till March, and then you'll be like, what rabbit? Who? Where? So, what? I'll give you an example, literally from uh, Tuesday. So I was working more in Markdown for documentation. I'm working on a few things, and I was like exporting a PDF, but it wasn't mm -hmm. turning out the right way. But then I saw. I started going to a rabbit hole like, oh, if you download Pandoc and Python, and I'm like, I don't know Python, but oh, wow, you can do all that formatting things. Well, that was a crap show. So my wife comes down like 11 p.m. <laughs> my eyes are bloodshot. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, no, it's learning it's Python. PDF. Like, I can't even explain to her what I'm trying to do. She's like, why aren't you writing it in Word? I'm like, Just don't worry. <laughs> they don't do Word. So, yeah. And then after our, yeah. So. I'm sorry, Tommy. I this, this is purely my fault. I got to be honest here. Well, some, some backstory in this one. Tommy is writing his documentation in Markdown because I told him to. And so well, I saw you doing it. And I've been, and, and I Houston. do it. So and I'm, I was like, yeah. yeah. And so I, I'm working a lot more in Git repos. I do a lot of just everything I do, my documentation, everything is all in Markdown because I feel like I want things to be searchable um, to a much higher degree. And t Markdown is just a simple text it's file. Focus. Yeah. It, it, and there's so much less, you can make it look good. There's enough formatting options to give you an appropriate look. But it's you not know. so much that you're like, oh my gosh, the margins are always off. I'm not worried about all these extra things in Word that are just over. I don't know. There's just there's too much for me. I want I want to be simple. It needs to be a simple editor, simple writing yeah. things down. And if I can't, if I'm spending too like 80% of my time formatting and putting tables in and all this other kind of crap, I'm wasting my time. And that's that's happened to me in Word. Like it's yes. the same. Same thing. thing where I was writing documentation word and then I'm like, oh, I don't want the style to be that way. Yeah. Next thing you know, I literally have 25 tabs open. Yep. About Microsoft Word styling. Yep. And, and it's like, what am I doing? So there there are good 
times for that where I really do learn, but there's definitely a cutoff point. Like yeah. I went down a rabbit hole two years ago with PowerShell so I can actually do some of the scripting yep. for like the activity and how to learn PowerShell. But I can use that now, but there was a cutoff point too where I didn't need to continue you know, learning then, it. Then I'm looking like, oh, what's the third party tool? What's, you know, and there's, there's a cutoff point and this goes back to the optimized time. Like I do the same thing with power apps. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes there's an like, I need to focus on what am I trying to achieve at this moment? Oh, power apps is, and, man, that's another good one too. Yeah. Like there, there's your number two, uh, but where I'm trying to empower, like anything I'm project I'm working on, my rabbit hole should be deep enough to what am I trying to achieve right now? Have that statement. And then that's when I get out of the hole. Mm. So, and try to focus just, on that. Just, uh, I've, I've always known, well, I forget where, where, where I learned this, but the, the an alternative to going down the rabbit hole is having a squirrel moment. You, you like squirrel. Yep. Right. Like the, the like the dog kind of. Yeah. It sounds exactly the same. Oh, I'm doing yeah. this thing. Squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, boom, you're gone for a while. <laughs> we right. had a guy, we had a guy at work constantly. Like this guy just squirrel. Are you talking squirrel. about me, Seth? No. <laughs> although although you came a, a quick second. Right? I think I'm a squirrel in a rabbit hole. <laughs> but I, I think I think there's a there's a balance there, right? You're, you're right. what you're teasing out there is the balance, right? There's a balance of allowing yourself to have fun by I mean some the reason you do some of those things is it's interesting. I learn. Yeah. yeah. And um that's that's part of I think it's part of what makes it interesting curse, right? yeah it's a blessing to curse but like i feel like it's part of what makes learning fun that's you know i can ex in, indulge these extra thoughts go out and explore these new things for me i think i uh i've having a conversation with my dad recently just around just what does what does world the world look like for like my son my son's uh 11 now and what's it going to be like for him when mm -hmm. he gets into the workforce we've had these kind of conversations before do do we do education formally or do we just let people learn and get certs and like what what work what work will they be even doing? I don't even know. Like right now, I feel like this, um, the the work that our kids are going to be doing might be totally different than what we're doing right now. If you could, if you could tell me right now, when I was growing up, that I would be working in data, only data, like that's an entire career. It's a thing. It's a thing. Like I knew, like the data warehousing was kind of mm -hmm. getting started back, but like, wow, like this is a net new. Probably wasn't even thought of at that point. So like this is a is this, whole brand new area. Yeah, is this an exact example of squirrel? This is exactly an example <laughs> of squirrel. I just I illustrated it for you. That's why we can't go. I will say <laughs> I will say I will say Tommy, uh, a good thing a good a good method to stop the squirrel moments is the same thing you would do in meetings, right? Have a, this is why I Agendas. have a whiteboard behind me. Oh yeah, is you parking lot the idea? It's like oh I really want to do that. <laughs> I really want to like dive into that, but now is not the time. Yeah, and I'm yeah. gonna forget it if I don't write it down. So like come back to something that isn't isn't. Uh, is distracting you from your immediate goal, but that is something that you yeah. like want to put on the docket of like going down the road for a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, so the squirrel! Literally, this podcast is just, nothing yeah, but squirrel trails. This hilarious. We should. We should yeah. we did, I'm just letting you guys know if we yeah. did, if I didn't stop you, we would still be talking about the admin portal. Settings. Oh yeah, we would be. So for sure. Yeah. And then this, the title name. Yeah, that's what. That's why we're. That's where we're, where we're good, right? Between the three of us, we can kind of get us into a happy medium and kind of stay on topic for the entire hour. 
This is why we'll never run out of ideas. Too many squirrels. Awesome. awesome. I like that. That was a really good one. Seth, on to you. So, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap wrap two here real quick. Um, Whoa. One, one is uh, for sure one I want to get implemented, which is automating refreshes out of uh, ADF instead of the Power BI service because we have a lot oh, of pipelines wow. that are running, um, and you're the the volumes of data that we have on it on a daily basis sometimes dictate how long a process runs so you're you're trying to add buffer yep you know in Timing. your power bi service yep. refreshes to allow for those processes to um complete however data timeliness in these big processes for the end reports is of utmost importance and we want to kick those refreshes off as fast as possible so yep we want to dial those back into being part of the process so that if you have failures, right? So one, it's twofold. One is you kick off the, the refresh of the model earlier uh, or in, without that buffer. And two, in days where uh, it potentially overruns the normal time, you're not reprocessing the model again, right? Which is mm -hmm. the other alternative of having, you know, two separate processes generating an outcome yep. of, of fresh data. Yep, exactly. So that's like a a real um, activity that I want to get done in, in Q1. Um, and then I'll like, I'm just going to loop this one on because I don't think that one really elicits any discussion. <laughs> Is I mean, I don't know. I, I think I think it's a little bit of discussion on just automated refreshes. Right. I mean, I, I would say, how do you do it? Like for those of you who have not, so people who are using Azure Data Factory today, like, do you know, like, what's the technique you're going to use? Yeah. We'll figure it out. <laughs> That's why we're going to figure that out. It's part of the API calls, right? Yeah, it is. You can initiate uh, an API call from ADF. Yeah, um, and they have all that available. Yeah. I should sync up with you on that one, Seth, because there's a couple interesting things you can do there with that one. So I've done a couple of these, and I've, I've built some. You can make a call with the APIs to go the data set you need to you know there's a couple of little handshakes you need to do you need to authenticate you need to get the uh token and then once you have the token then you can go back all this can be done in azure data factory with like a web a web call so you can just do mm -hmm. web calls there and then you could, an interesting part that we added at the end of this was like a do while at the end so a do while is do something until something completes so what you can do is you can trigger the refresh exactly. and you can add a little do loop at the end of it that says check for status of that refresh and you can kind of keep checking status until the status of that single so what happens is you make yeah. the call to refresh you get an id back that says hey here's your refresh id this is the id that you're going to be able to use to go back and say is it done yet like what's the status of that refresh and so That's what you, you can actually API. you can actually generate reporting around completion yeah completion of times all kind of uh, yeah and you can actually make the pipeline so the pipeline can sit there and monitor it every five minutes until it's actually done so you'll get like at least a five minute increment so the the API to refresh is asynchronous meaning it calls it and then it's the call's over you don't get to have any knowledge of like when it actually completes so what we implemented was the call to go refresh the data set and then a little tiny do while loop that was the end of it that just said check status okay five minutes later check status, check status. And it just kept checking status until the end of the report refresh was done. And then when the status came back, a certain message, I can't remember what the message is, but at that point when the message comes back with a certain type of message, you can then say, yeah, the refresh is now either failed or now complete. And then you can message that back into, it's like a, now a feedback loop back into the data factory pipeline. So now you have like another nugget at the end that 
that says, hey, this is things complete. So now what we do is we have an entire pipeline that runs a refresh, but the input parameter to that pipeline is like the data set ID. So all we have to do is say, call this pipeline, shove in a data set ID, and then everything just happens. It just, it just works. And then when that process completes, I know that it's finished the, the refresh. So anyway, just another little yeah. note there to, on top of that. Sounds like you're helping me. Yeah, <laughs> that's actually very similar to what the uh, you're welcome. The scanner API uh, solution we have on the GitHub repo does. And it, you can actually see at the interfaces, it's, an, it's a power automate. Yep. And it's basically, you know, it's, it initiates a scan and there's basically a loop to wait for that. And we'll when the scan's through, done, you know, the, and then it, then it will grab the data. Correct. So, yeah. Yeah. Because so, once you, you have to know the scan is completed right. and the status of that scan is what you right. want to go know. Like, okay, the status is right. actually done. Now I can right. go hit another API call to say, go get the data. Yeah. So there's another whole rabbit trail and all that thing, but like, that's a, that's a good option. Cool. All right, Mike. All right. Um, oh, no, you had two. You had two. Seth no, had two. We'll go to Mike. Go ahead, Seth. You want to do the other one? Is it? Yeah. You said you were going to dovetail them closer yeah, together. Gonna, yeah. It was a bundle. But just because I wanted to bundle it doesn't mean that they were. Oh, they're actually or, related. Or, okay. Or they were actually related. <laughs> okay. Sounds <laughs> go, good. Go ahead, Mike. All right. So um, I think one of, the, one of my items here is um, I'd like to work on more automation around who's using what reports. So. Alex, uh, I think it's, no, Alex Dupler from Microsoft uh, gave me some interesting documentation around the log analytics for Power BI. There's a lot going on there and you can actually do a, quite a bit of information around just the log analytics piece. So I think there's some richness there. I think there's some scanner API things that are very interesting. I want to build more of like, you know, looking at my organization or walking into organizations, I want more of like a baked solution where I'm going to say, here's a bit of code. I'm going to drop this in and it's just going to automate Who's looking at what reports, what reports are happening, what kind of queries are being run across reports. Just just some more, I would feel like just basics of like, there's not enough usage information or easy to consume usage information. Whatever, I don't know what it, I don't really know what it looks like yet, but I yeah. think that's something I need to Mike, work on because there's a lot of like parts of this idea that are out there. There's a lot of projects that people have built that are like pieces of what I think I really want. But I want like a consolidated version of like what this looks like and something that's a bit more like, hey, I'm going to come in, I'm going to drop the solution, you know, turn on these things, set up the service principle, put the service principle here, boom, and then it just starts collecting data. And then, it, you know, you can come back with some reports over top of that and say, here's all the things that are going on kind of in your tenant with your client or whatever so is it, going on. Is it an expanded version of like the activity log where it's also... The one thing we talked about, I think the previous episode where it's like, what visuals are people looking yeah. at or really? Yeah. So that's, that's the advanced version, but I actually have a post on Power BI tips from earlier this year on actually, no, it's uh, that was on the business KPIs, but it's built off of the audit log um, yep. and that we again, pull PowerShell CSV. And then we have the, yep. There's a, you know, there's a whole bunch of, yeah. So Dude. I can see how many people are export. I actually looked at that actually after our call on Tuesday. Yep. It's like, how many exports do we actually well, have? And, and that's, there's actually some, so there's a, there's a lot of, so think about all the things you can get, right. There's now um, Azure, Mm -hmm. um, logging, so mm -hmm. log analytics. So there's Azure log analytics or Power BI log analytics. So that gives you like which queries right. people are running on which page or which visuals. So you can get that. That's interesting. Then you can have you have reporting around like which reports are being used the most, right? So the workspace analytics, and then you also have the log analytics. That's the Azure based log analytics that you can right. turn on, and that gives you like this report was published, this report was updated, 
uh, someone downloaded this thing. It's it's kind of more of the that's, audit log that's all, stuff. That's yeah, that's all in the audit log. So we have all of that. We have our views, but then we have like an admin section that basically looks at like all the things that maybe people shouldn't be doing. Yep. Or it's like you know people. How many people analyze in Excel? I can see that per report and yep. trending. So and I, and I think that's something that's, that's important there is to like produce that back to like you. I use this phrase all the time. You can't change what you don't monitor, right? If you don't have any monitoring around mm -hmm. it, I have no way of knowing what the behavior is. So for me, this is kind of like, let's get some baselines around what is happening so I can then put around, well, now we can start making some rules around, Does is this working? Is this, right. did we do something that is improving the report performance or improving usage or people discovering it or not? Um, we can actually more quantify what's going on with that. And I think, yes, you have like these bigger ideas of like, yes, I want to come in and make an impact, have all these reports getting used more and more. But unless you start someplace, unless you start with a, a position of here's where we're going to start from, mm -hmm. uh, I think it, it you need to have that monitoring in place. I agree. Awesome. Well, I can start talking to you in 2022 to get that started, at least the first part. Yeah. But I the log analytics is pretty amazing in terms of seeing the query time. But I know I haven't looked at like what visuals Dude, people are looking at. It's absolutely when Alex was showing me this you stuff. You like a website, man. You man, it is. It's impressive what you can get down to. And again, it makes a lot of data, right? If you think about every, like every time you click a button on a page or click something on a page, there's multiple queries that are getting fired off for each visual. So yeah. potentially, if you turn on login, I just want to be caution right there. You could spend a lot of money on storage costs because you could be talking gigs per day of information that's being generated in your tenant. But if you have, if you're kind of flying blind, if you don't really know what, what you're doing, like potentially this is a good option for you. So anyways, I, th I thought, I feel like that's a missing need and a, and a need that I have in general, but I felt like other people could benefit from an automated yeah. solution around that. And, and everyone who's listening, just to get started on really tracking that analytics of like, what are people doing? Mm -hmm. So that kind of goes into my next one a little, we've talked about this before, but I really want to make this more of a process in, in uh, like in the coming years, I'm going to deprecate more reports. Oh, I like uh, that. So, yep. like we, we've we again we've had that conversation, but that's that's always one of those things. Like, I, the fear of actually deleting a report, or like, oh, what if we lose who's looking at it? Shouldn't it always be there? But I need to really put a process in like place where I can again, I have the data, and I can get things triggered from it where I can say, you know, I'm going to create a scorecard for it. But and that's one of my other resolutions that we'll get. It's probably going to it's going to be a goal, right? But you basically send an automate when I have five, you know, like how many reports are now no longer having any views or five been viewed and haven't been viewed in 15 days. Well, are you able right? to, are you tracking views? Are you tracking like, because people may not be viewing we the report, do multiple but you, you also need to track like, is it being downloaded? Is it going to analyze well, Excel? Yeah, like, we can, we yeah. can do all that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but, and then actually having a process to deprecate it where it's like basically send out a message to the, the, the stakeholders. Is this something you look at? Yep. yep. Then it's actually that, where does it go? Like, create, do I create an archive workspace? Yeah. So it lives, you know, it still lives somewhere in the service, but it's not just to keep everything organized, but that's something I'm definitely going to focus on next year. That's a good one. I like that one. So random question here. Um, <clears throat> doesn't Power BI automatically disable data sets after a while disable refresh but not remove them right but and you don't know which ones are just well it will disable refresh if there's no activity 
or views on it, but you, you won't get it. Yeah. What you're describing to an extent, I'm saying I'm deprecating the report will no longer. No, no, live no, no, no. I'm saying it's an, yeah, I'm saying it would be an indicator of which reports you would deprecate. Yep. Yes. Any reports that have, that were supposed to be automatically refreshing, which have since been turned off. RBI automatically knows you haven't looked at it. How long is it? A month? Two months? It's like 30 days. 30 I days? It's like 60, actually. Is it 60? That much? Yeah. So if it has, the report hasn't been touched in 60 days, it starts turning off automated refresh. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I don't think for that, you, you don't think you get a notification. You get a notification if it gets disabled because of errors, but you don't get one because... No, I think you okay. do. Okay. But I, I still want a better process. Like maybe it's only getting three views in, in 60 days. Yeah. Like they click on There's, the wrong report. <laughs> right. Seriously, though. Like, yep. so, but if I see three views every two months, we can either get another report for them to look at that has that one or two visuals, but I don't need an entire report. Do we? They're just for three views. Do we? I mean, this is asking, this is spawning another question in my mind now. Do we get data on how long people are in a report? No. You, you don't get it unless you look at the log analytics, right? Right. You, you'd have yeah. to like, you, duration. You'd have, you'd have to look at like, <laughs> Who the user is and what queries are being? Oh man! Yeah, I don't. Yeah, that's not then, even available. Yeah, but that like, what was it like? If you're clicking on that and it's just a tab of ten in a browser, is it still gonna track that time that it's open? You know, like I, I don't. Yeah, I would find problems with that one right off the bat. Well, I don't. I don't know, right? If, if you're, I mean, what we, you would define? What is a? Well, this is what we have to define, right? You define like analytics around what is a session. What would a session look like? Does just clicking on a tab and leaving it open a session or does actually engaging with the data for a period of time? But does Power BI actually time out? Well, it would. It, like, it, it would kill the out. session. It or will, if you it, leave the tab. Yeah. If you, if you Well, if you leave the tab open for a long time and come back to it later on, at some point, the token for Power BI would time out, I think. And then you is have to refresh like the page. Session. If yeah. you move to a different tab, right? And then it'll eventually expire. Like, yeah. And you'd have to come back to it. So I, I, I think yeah. if you, again, thinking high level here, right? What you're probably looking for is if you're, if people are using the report, you're probably expecting them to click on some things or do something mm-hmm. to it. So like there's this, um, to borrow from Tommy's, you know, marketing or, or website experience, right? There's like the click funnel of like mm-hmm. people click into the report, they're clicking on stuff in the thing. They're going you better to name your titles properly, name your titles properly. And then <laughs> at some point in time, they export data and then they're done with the report. They either leave it on open mm-hmm. and then go move on or there's like there is a user journey it's inside yeah. every one of these reports and i'm not sure we have enough information to really no. design what that user journey looks like yet at this point nope million dollar idea right there there you go Brought defining you the user there. journey inside a report i mean that would be huge not gonna be that's, my goal for 2022 yeah. because that's gonna be too much work i'm gonna write yeah there's a rabbit hole i'm gonna write that as a topic though for 2022 that, that is a good topic Awesome. All right, Seth, All on right. to you. I'm going to I'm going to begin um the like high-level architecture and implementation strategy for the adoption framework within my mm-hmm. existing organization. So the the specifics that everybody has to address <clears throat> that are related to the company they work for, the company that they're engaged with. Um there's a there's a lot of different uh, areas of, of adjustment that need to be made mm-hmm. based on a lot of the conversations that we've had. So uh, actually putting into practice in, in this use case uh, this year, starting those. So Tommy, you, you said there was an interesting website you found around yeah. adoption.microsoft.com. 
Yep. Adoption.microsoft.com. We were literally just talking about it this morning. And this is actually one of mine as well, Seth, um, to kind of really get that rolled out. Because I think the biggest problem with a lot of these, especially what we've talked around data governance, is it's a great idea, but the problem is it involves people. This is not something you can learn on your own and then just do. You need to get people to really buy in and you have to get their ideas. You have to set a schedule and an agenda. And I think our biggest struggles, what does that look like? Like, how often do you meet? What do you talk about during those meetings? Like, what, what does it actually look like? So I, someone recently shared with me, um, there's a power platform adoption workbook uh, compared to a roadmap. And it's basically, and I'll send this, um, actually, yeah, let me, I don't know if you have it up, Mike. I got it up right here. I'm gonna, yeah. I'll throw it. I'm, so, first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to show. So let's just explain what the adoption.microsoft.com yeah. is. This is a website to kind of pick. It kind of helps you figure out what your is. It has two ways of looking at the lens of you and your organization. It goes by roles. Like I'm a business user. I'm a champion. I'm a developer. I'm an IT professional. It kind of looks at like these personas and says, these are the kind of personas that are out there. And then you can actually go by product. And so you can say, okay, I'm a power platform person or I'm a Microsoft Teams or a SharePoint person. One of the ones that are that is missing here, which is interesting, actually is Power BI. Power BI is not on the list. However, I think a lot of these concepts are very transferable and potentially very interesting to go through and think through as well. So I'm dropping the page, the, the link in the chat window now. Uh, it's called uh, adoption.microsoft.com. Okay, sorry, Tommy, go ahead. Yeah, so anyways, they have like the actual, like what does a calendar look like for a data, uh, for a center of excellence? Yep. So I agree. I think that's the hardest thing is how do you write your own vision, get that buy-in, then actually start scheduling meetings where people understand what you're trying to achieve. Yep. That's huge. So I, I agree with you, Seth. Like that's that's a huge resolution, but I think a huge need. But I like how this breaks it down too even. Sorry, Seth, go ahead. No, I was just going to say it is a huge need. It's one of those like side project kind of things when your organization isn't pushing this, right? Yes. Like, but, but at the same time, um, it's also one of those larger business problem solutions that like could make a big impact, right? Yep. Like the more time invested in um, ensuring your organization works with data and reporting in a more efficient manner. Like the, the, the multiplier is there exponentially, yeah. right? Like just instilling parts of these pieces of the roadmap um, could have significant impact on business related to, you know, redu reduction in time, um, you know, uh, across the organization. So it, I'll, 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 I'm going to, I'm going to track it specifically around some of the things that, you know, I do and build, and maybe we can talk about them, you know, through yeah. 2020, 2022, um, year I'm going to be living in is, is kind of, is still, I guess the older you get, maybe it's, it's more bizarre. <laughs> so this is so this is so I really like this website. It's very interesting, and there's actually some really interesting links that are on there. I'm actually clicking through some mm -hmm. of them right now. Uh, one of them is, and I'm clicking on the Power Platform. So part of the framework that they're giving here, here, if you pick on a tool, it, it gives you like key buckets: how to get started, how to engage your organization, how to train your organization, how to then build champions, and then how to secure your environment. And I think 
this seems like a very logical progression that I see, or things that you would want to know about when you start working with these tools. Um, we have, I think, on the podcast talked a lot about from a Power BI, you know, how do you build or secure your environment and potentially like around training and best practices, right? One thing I don't think we've talked a lot about, and this might be a topic for future portions here, is how do you build champions? How do you build champions in other portions of your organization? How do you identify them? How do you pick them up? And how do you grow them into like the people that are going to be able to support, you know, something like a hub and spoke approach where there's a hub of people that are kind of centralized to this process and the spokes are becoming these other entities across the organization that can pick up the analytical torch and help you develop and build things. Really good. I'm going to throw a couple more links in here in the chat window. Um, like on... Even the layout for the, the, the web page for power platforms, like I might use that for our you know, knowledge center. I think, so. I, honestly, I'm looking at this going, there's a lot of things I think would be very transferable to building mm -hmm. out your own knowledge base. They even have a link here to, um, one of the links here is the Microsoft Power Platform Center of Excellence CUE Starter Kit. And mm -hmm. I don't know exactly where that is for Power BI yet. Yeah, it's but a it, solution. So. It, but it goes through like, here's the overview, here's an admin, here's how to govern, and here's how to nurture. And I think that's really appropriate. Like those topics are spot on for like, putting these tools in place and helping them grow and mature inside your organization. Yep. So I'm going to wimp out here. I'm going to transition to my last topic here. So we are running out of time. Uh, but I'll say my last one here is this year. I'd like to um, dedicate more time or at least a, a, a metered amount of time to learning and training. So that may be publicly, that may be, you know, building my internal <coughs> training. Um, I'm moving more into like the management role like Seth is in right now where I have people underneath me that I've got to educate and train and get, you know, help them out. Um, so get them to a level where we need them to be for, you know, consulting engagements or whatever. But as I bring on more people, uh, I've told this to a lot of people, everything we know is in the head, in the brain. But what I know is in, it, that that's what people pay me for. Like it's, you know, that's what's in here. What I know is why I get paid that, that uh, salary rate that I get when I work in on engagements, right? So I'm finding that I can't scale anymore as one person and I need to be able to scale to multiple people. So I, I need to start thinking about what am I doing and building process around quickly leveraging other individuals and teaching them what I know so that they can scale out and do work the way I would have done it or the, what I've learned and in, instilling that in them. So I think more of my time is going to be around just dedicating time to learning, doing more training. I'm hoping that will turn into you know, more publicly facing YouTube videos around other areas. I've been doing this kind of light series where it's like a five to 10 minute video where I just, I learned something. I hop on a quick video call and explain what I learned and how I did it. Um, something very, you know, digestible. So part of my goals for next year will be just to kind of continue to share that knowledge, both to the Power BI community and more internal to my organization as well. So. Man, I, I agree. I actually had that as well. Like I want to, yeah, take, take all the take knowledge. my goals, Tommy. Okay, I see how it is. Yeah, can't make exactly. up your own. Got to take mine. Yeah, it was mine too. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, <laughs> listen when you when you when you come out with the gold that you come out with, Mike. It's, I'm only inspired. All right, <laughs> baloney. Okay, baloney. But it's true though. I mean, I think that we don't. I I don't think that's just done enough in organizations where we learn all this stuff. Also, like, yeah, I I know this information, but that doesn't really help the organization or who you're working with that as a whole. Don't How tell me do you you're organize? too busy to learn. 
do yeah. not man yeah. nothing I, I, nothing yeah. bo- wow like nothing bothers me more than that just, that phrase like yeah exactly hey that one. why can't i help I, let's learn this new thing to go faster no i'm too busy i can't do that i'm going to continually do my existing process because i don't want to i don't have time to learn it i'm like what the heck are we talking like if we're that yeah. level something's something's awry here but it's not just that though right i mean that's obviously a piece of it that i obviously agree and every time i even bring up anything related i feel like you're getting angry at me which is like shoot the messenger <laughs> but but part of it though too is the knowledge on a, like a company specific you know information yes like it, it's not just about someone being empowered to learn like let's say power apps but what are things that we do in organization what data do we pull from where is that centralized information that I know that other people who are working in this space know these are the tables we're using. Here are the official references we're using. If we're doing our ha- if we're doing our job right, we should be making life easier for everyone right. downstream of us, right? If we're if we're not doing a good job, yeah. like we should be working with teams and helping them to produce tables of information that they need to do their daily job on. Like you've you've got to you've got to be able to do that. And if you're not doing that, I'd maybe argue are you actually being effective as a, you know, data developer is that really happening it's a good point cool so i have a quick one and then we'll, we'll kind of round out nope that's what three for this, everyone this, or you're done tommy you're cut this, off there's well I'm, you're just te- I'm just one. teasing i will get mike to start using scorecards uh that's not gonna happen that's gonna be a burn you're gonna burn that goal that one uh in 364 days of 20 yeah. <laughs> uh, well if you're so, doing that i'm gonna get you to use deployment pipelines then I actually had to articulate it on here too, but that's fine. I have no problem using deployment pipelines because I see the value in it. Charticulator's like, doing good, man. There's a lot of people creating, con- like other people are seeming to latch on now and creating content. I had an individual reach out to me mm-hmm. and say, hey, I, I made this new kind of visual. It's a horizontal waterfall chart. I saw that. Thought it was pretty cool. I said, hey, you yeah. want to share your your template? I helped him put it out on the GitHub repo. So yeah. I thought that was pretty cool as well. So it, I think that well, the community is really picking up Charticulator People are finding value from it. Listen, and I will be the advocate for scorecards because, like I said, I'm diving more into it. Obviously, it doesn't have everything yet, but man, already from what I'm finding from a true dashboard, it it's it's I think what's needed. So I'm actually speaking at the Seattle user group in January, and I think Chicago. I'll probably do goals as well. But I'm someone needs to spread the word about this or just see the use cases because unlike a dashboard where you just pin visuals and you're kind of fine. Yep. There is a certain planning that needs to go into your scorecards and your metrics beforehand. So to make it really effective. Yeah, I think that's a good topic. Um, I think another gentleman, Treb, from out in Seattle. I'm not sure what he runs. He's a company. I think he also has like a, he Mm. likes goals a lot too. And he's been like, you know, ask me about how to implement goals or best practices and goals. I think that's a newer topic that people don't maybe know how to leverage yet. All right. Well, with that, I think we've officially burned, wasted, educated. I don't know what you want to call it. Another hour of your week. We appreciate your time. Um, for those of you who listen to the podcast, thank you very much for listening. We appreciate your listenership. Uh, thank you very much for a wonderful 2021 and looking forward to a really great 2022 with you guys. Uh, our only ask, uh, as this is, we don't, you don't promote this. We just kind of like, we just need your help. We need your help to be able to share this with somebody else. So if you don't mind, if you like this, found the content was fun, engaging, you laughed a little bit, uh, just share it with one other person, and uh, that's all we ask for. Tommy, where else can you find the podcast if you're not watching live? 
So your podcast is available anywhere. It's available uh, on Apple and Spotify. If you are listening right now on one of those platforms and you want to join the conversation, <laughs> make that your resolution for the next year. Oh, that's a good join one. the conversation live. And uh, make so you can join us every Tuesday and Thursday, 7.30 a.m. Central. We have some already great topics scheduled for January. And uh, some, we'll see you Some bad ones, next- too. Some bad ones, as always. Like 50-50. So, a lot of rabbit, a lot of squirrels. <laughs> so, a lot of squirrels. Uh, so we will see you next year, but again, we'll see you on Tuesday. See you on Tuesday and next year. Thank you all, and we'll see you next year. Thanks. Bye.